Hi, I'm John Herrick, and I took a lift somewhere. <laughs> I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists. You know, we don't have non-astrologers and all that. But with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith in unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an Coming at you from an overheated studio, this is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin, and I don't know what Armageddon is, but I'm sure it's not the end of the world. Joining me as usual is a team who wonders if amphibians need to wait an hour after eating to get back in the water. She went to garage sale, now she has enough space to park five cars. Nancy. Oh, five cars and a motorcycle. That was some of a garage sale. <laughs> and he got into a Canadian fight, and a hockey game broke out, Scott. <laughs> and she went to her neighbor to borrow a cup of money because she wanted to buy some sugar. Christina. For my coffee. For the coffee. <laughs> guys, welcome back. Hope you guys had a good week. And you, you guys enjoying the smoke out there? Oh, it's wonderful. It. Not being able to see like 30 feet away from you. <laughs> I feel like I'm in China. <laughs> I don't need to travel. It's a, apparently, it's actually worse. Yeah. It's actually worse than what they are experiencing in Beijing and all these. Uh, but the difference is, this is a forest fire. It's not like industrial pollution. Yeah. No, I, I think we were, building. yeah, we were about seven, seven out of ten in our area. And some areas north of us Cam were 47 Cam out of ten. Kamloops oh, was yeah. 49. Pictures of Kamloops, yeah. the, the yeah. sky is brown. Well, they couldn't, they couldn't see across the street. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. They literally couldn't see yeah. across the street, right? Yeah, for, for our listeners that are outside of the... Um, Canada and British Columbia, the, the entire province is pretty much on fire. And uh, they haven't pinpointed the source yet. Um, some people are saying it was human cause, others think, think it's lightning. But mm-hmm. Well, I think I think different fires have a lot of different yeah, causes. Yeah, I think right now they're, they're talking about 100 oh, something there's so fires. many fires. Yeah, a lot of fires. Yeah, a lot of it's fires. over 130. And I, you can actually see the smoke from I, out of space. I know now. some of the causes. I see people driving around here. And you know, you never see it. You never ever see people driving around with cigarette hanging out the window. Until it's forest fire season. <laughs> and then I've, I've three this week. I've seen them with their Seriously. hand out the window, cigarette hanging in the hand. Don't yep. they have like places to put it in the car? No, no, because no, no, that would damage the resale value. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> and, and don't tell cars them don't have ashtrays anymore. Just, just buy concerned. your own ashtray and install it. Don't, don't tell them how to smoke. They've been smoking their entire lives. They don't need you telling them how to do it. Yeah, but how they're doing it is causing forest fires. <laughs> yeah, it, it happened on Wacom Road, uh, right by the exit there. Uh, there was uh, this week I was driving by, and the police, uh, the fire department was there putting out a fire, a grass fire. Oh, oh wow! Another yeah. cigarette toss out the window. Uh, please, people, be 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 careful about this. Uh, we can't really afford to <laughs> burn the planet. Yeah. Did you guys... Uh, uh, today we're going to be talking to uh, Rhonda Tyson. She's the uh, wife of uh, our friend Randy Tyson of the Legion of Reason. And uh, we're doing an interview about her because she uh, had an experience being a nurse in Ghana. Being an atheist nurse in Ghana. So if you think you've got religion pushed in your face, wait till you hear her story. But first, let's do a bit of chit-chat. Did you guys, uh, some research from MIT says that if nothing is done to stop climate change, uh, parts of South, South Asia will become too hot for humans by the year 2100. And they're Seriously. talking about Afghanistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, etc. I wonder what the temperature 
has to be to be too hot for humans. Oh, I think I think it's uh, like well, a they, constant thirty-five plus. Yeah, they've, Celsius. they've already experienced it in a few countries, like Iraq last year in Iraq and and Iran and places. Yeah, they, like that. they had like a fifty-three degree. Yeah, the there was people like, trying to crawl under cars to get into shade because there's no shade. Wow. There's no, and oh, they yeah, were because trying, they don't have tons were, of tall trees. They were literally dying because they were baking under the car. It was like being in an oven. Oh right? my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, sometimes here in Canada, we'll experience times where it gets so hot that the asphalt is kind of soft. I've, I remember <gasps> seeing that as a kid. I remember yeah. seeing the tire marks that our, my dad's car left as I looked out the back, because we didn't have to wear seatbelts then. Mm. <laughs> and looking out the back window and watching the tire marks on the, on the asphalt, yeah. Hmm. Uh, did you guys hear there's a, a rise in illegal border crossings right here in Canada? <laughs> this is near uh, Champlain in Quebec. Um this is due to the Trump administration mm-hmm. cracking down on uh, illegal immigration. And uh, there's a bit of a, an issue because uh, in uh, 2010, there was a, an earthquake in Haiti. And the U.S. responded by granting uh, some uh, temporary immigration to, these, uh, to about 50,000 Haitians. Yeah. And now with the Trump administration, these Haitians actually feel uh, and fear they're going to be deported. And some of them are coming across to Canada, especially in the province of Quebec. So right now in January, for example, this year, the RCMP intercepted 245 asylum uh, claimants. Wow. Now they number in the hundreds per day. I heard about that. Wow. So uh, those, of course, including families with infants. Yeah, I just heard a report on that this morning from the, uh, I think he was the head of the the Border Guard Union mm-hmm. or something. They're really having a problem. They're mostly coming over at night in the dark, and so they have to set up tents. They're trying to fingerprint everybody, yeah. and it's really becoming I a try. And it's so sad. And it's providing food for these people. I heard yeah, because there's no guarantee that they're going to be able to stay in Canada for any length exactly. of time yeah. either. The Montreal, uh, the Olympic Stadium... From the 76 Olympics, yep. I heard they just opened that up as a refuge center to house these people temporarily. Hmm. There's that many people. So that's definitely something we'll have to keep an eye on. Um, you guys remember uh, uh, Farmer Bro, Martin Scarelli? Remember that guy? Oh, yeah. Uh, he's the guy that uh, took a... I don't remember the, the exact number, but he took a, a medicine that was like seven dollars a dose. Was it AIDS? Was it AIDS? Was it AIDS? I can't yeah. remember. It uh, anyway, an it was uh, a dose was like ridiculously cheap, and he jumped the price like seven hundred percent. Oh, I remember, remember that, this. Idiot, yeah. that idiot. Yeah, he was yeah. just found guilty of deceiving investors. Good. And now he's facing twenty years in jail. Ah, <laughs> oh, poor guy. And of course, the dumbass. What he does right after being found guilty is you know you're found guilty, and then there's going to be another uh, hearing to actually uh, make it official and. Uh, in between then, he goes on YouTube and starts trash-talking the trial. Are you serious? What an idiot. <laughs> this guy doesn't understand that by doing that, he actually risks no, contempt of that... court. Wow. <laughs> no, judge might say, you know what? It just gone from 20 to 30 years. Exactly. He, I mean, he obviously yeah. feels as though he's above any law that was ever written at he's any rich. time. He doesn't care. He's, yeah, he's rich. I think he's going to get a lesson and... It's going to get and how breaking. insignificant he really is once he's in prison. Oh, yeah. I'm hoping they put him in well, to a general especially when population. Some of those people are going to be affected by the drug that he hiked the price of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, exactly. it, apparently there was people that needed this drug to live. Mm-hmm. So it was exactly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when he raised the price, they had him on the news and they were asking the question, like, how can you do this? And, and he just basically looked at the camera. I remember that mm-hmm. looked at the camera and said, why not? 
Yeah. Yep. Capitalist. Don't, I remember, yeah. yeah, don't you re- remember the smirky look yeah, he had yeah, on, yeah, on his like, face? Like a smug smirk. He look. was comparing it to it's buying mine. a Toyota. I it's I like, want, look, right? there's a difference here. <laughs> yeah. People yeah. need to survive, need to live. But, you know, this is the problem with the whole capitalist system, yeah. especially when it comes to health care. See how much he smirks when uh, yeah. when Bubba decides to make him his uh, <laughs> <partner>. <laughs> Yeah, Exactly. Um, the U.S. has told the U.N. officially that it wants out of the Paris Accord now. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? So the White House administration says it sends a strong message to the world. Yeah. yeah the wrong message. The wrong message for sure. So now apparently it takes a, at least a year for them to the whole thing to process. I thought, so, it, I thought it was, is it one, only a year? I thought it was longer than that. Could be a, a bit more, I guess, but it's, I guess, minimum a year. So right now, by 2018, 2019, the U.S. could be officially out of the Paris Accord. Oi. So. I'm just happy that the response from all the other 100, it's 190 countries, is to reaffirm their commitment to the Paris Accords. Yes. Not to be like, well, America's doing it, so I'm just going to hop out of this too. And well, not just other countries, cities and states within the United yeah, States also. They're like, okay, we're going to yeah. do this on I'm, our own. I'm betting New Orleans probably isn't on that support list for uh, falling out of the Paris Accord. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially when so many other countries are going to be impacted and already being so heavily impacted. Like Venice right now, is people's houses are getting flooded because they're on the water. Like, they're, they've invented, like, these doorstops so that the high tide doesn't just flood out people's houses. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. other countries are being way more heavily impacted where they have that constant reminder that this is something that is devastating for the world. You know, the- And this administration has only been in power for six months. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Are you sure you know? it's not six years? It feels like six feels years. Like I know. Years. Democracy is going to have to totally, well, not totally, but it's going to have to rebuild if the Democrats take over in, in 2018. Nancy, why don't you tell us how you really feel about Donald Trump? I don't think heard your opinion about that. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't think the airwaves can take that amount of I was, I was gonna say <laughs> that the, amount of pounding at one time. We've never heard Nancy swear, but I'm pretty sure if she opened up about Trump, we would hear <laughs> some passwords. <laughs> you know, in one, one in one sense, he really isn't worth it. Well, the know, problem is if you he, quote him, the you'll other, be swearing. Oh man! <laughs> uh, did you get uh, Venezuela? We should we need to do a show about this. Venezuela is in trouble. Uh, the political turmoil that's happening out there is actually turning into a humanitarian disaster. Apparently, people are having difficulty to access for food and uh, medicine. Uh, they're talking about triple-digit inflation, political corruption affecting the President Nicolas Maduro government. We need to find somebody to talk about this because uh, I think a lot of people are... This is one of those stories that's flying under the radar. Mm. Well, yeah. I, I heard... I list, One of the people, um, news sources I listen to is um, Philip DeFranco. Mm-hmm. on YouTube. I and love him. I know, right? He's the best. <laughs> and he actually did a good piece on it. So, like, that's how I know about it. Otherwise, I would have had no idea what was going on. Let's contact him and bring there. him on the show. Totally. That's your job. <laughs> we, we can bring a lookalike on the show. I have somebody at work who looks just like him. Really? He's got to be informed. Nobody sees it. It's not even a visual media. Who cares? Nobody's going to know. <laughs> well, he almost a sounds voice like impersonator. him. Do <laughs> um, you remember our friend Tyler? Sure. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, Tyler, I no, don't remember before, him, I've, but... I've never met Tyler, <laughs> but Tyler I've heard a lot Kevin. about him. Uh, Tyler and Kevin, uh, the other Kevin, Kevin Laswalski, they started their own show. Good for them. It's called So You Think You're a Skeptic. 
and actually uh, they invited me to come on board as well so uh, i guess this is going to become maybe a sister show to left of the valley so that'll be very interesting so definitely stay in touch we'll have another uh, show well not us but they'll be producing another show they'll actually be doing it here too it's going to be live on youtube uh, not youtube facebook Oh, right. excellent. That should be interesting. It will, and, and uh, maybe we can have them it. on as guests at some point. I think so. I think it'd Why be, not? it wouldn't be a bad idea. Of course, they're, they're, uh, the whole thing is based on, uh, they want to do essentially uh, kind of like the atheist experience, but yeah. on a skeptical point of view, you know, I would call in and questions, ask yep. from the audience live on Facebook. So we wish them the best of luck, and uh, let's hope Absolutely. it works. You know? So we'll see what happens with that. Right on. All right, my dear Nancy. You, okay. We're doing a quack watch today? We're, let's do a quack watch today. Why not? Quack watch. Oh, there we go. You're <laughs> Today we're going to do one um, that's been not covered by us, but it's, it's been covered by a lot of other um, um, websites, skeptical websites, quack websites. But I think um, it's always good for a refresher because, it, oh, by the way, it's bodybuilding. And I think it's always good for a refresher because people are always getting into the I've got to improve my body mode. Uh, mostly men, but there are a lot of women that get into the bodybuilding um, genre or mode as, as well. And there are some dangers there that aren't readily apparent. So we'll go over some of them and issue a couple of warnings at the, at the same time. Um, I'm all ears. There we go. <laughs> um, so the... Um, the Consumer Reports put out this year a caution about bodybuilding products and how risky they are. Um, and as, as it turns out that uh, when you buy supplements, they're not necessarily regulated either in Canada or by the FDA in the United States. If they get enough complaints, they will investigate them. But that doesn't mean that they're safe when they reach the market. And a lot of these products come from outside the United States and outside of Canada and because of online marketing they get a following and a lot of the ingredients are not labeled properly and so people are taking supplements that they feel are going to help enhance their health, enhance their bodybuilding, but actually they're taking uh, supplements that lead to liver damage, cancer and um, you know some some thrombosis uh, and uh, uh, including the one pill miracle diet thing doesn't work. Uh, yes. Maybe we should <laughs> that might help. Yeah. Kevin. What are you doing over there? I thought you were professional. There we go. I, anyway. <laughs> oh, Kevin, put it away. Just, yeah. just no more. We don't want to see it. I guess we're di- we know where we're directing this. <laughs> I know where this is being directed. Anyway, a lot of these bodybuilding products are promoted as hormone products and or alternatives to anabolic steroids. And for those of you that don't know, anabolic steroids are actually synthetic testosterone or some variation um, thereon and they are used for increasing muscle mass and strength. Uh, Some of these products make claims about the ability of the active ingredients to enhance or diminish androgen, estrogen, or progesterone-like effects in the body, but actually they contain anabolic steroids or steroid-like substance and synthetic hormones that are related to male hormone testosterone. Um, So the um, the FDA 
uh, is saying that many of these products are not dietary supplements at all. That's how they get away with it in the states. They say they're dietary supplements which aren't subject to the same rigorous um, uh, standards that uh, affect um, um, prescription prescription drugs. So if they're they're illegally marketed and unapproved, the uh, safety and effectiveness of quality is questionable um, during their marketing. Um, see, uh, in, in the end, it's the consumers who are put in harm's way by taking dangerous ingredients because they don't really realize the dangerous ingredients that, that are actually um, in the products and because they're looking for miraculous results mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and following some empty promises that are, are told about the, the, the products. And these are people that, in by and large, want an easier way to bulk up or to feel strong. They don't want to have to go through the, um, the uh, everyday having to build muscle and having to go through all of the exercises. So some of these people who use the bodybuilding products engage in stacking. Do you know that term? I've heard it, but I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, it's using multiple products, including stimulants or products to provide false that provide false assurances um, to enhance results or gains. And a lot of times, these combinations put consumers at greater risk for serious and life-threatening reactions because you don't always know what combinations are going to be harmful mm -hmm. when they're when they're put together in your in your body. So if you're taking bodybuilding products that claim to contain steroids or steroid-like substances, the FDA in the U.S. recommends that you stop taking them because of the potentially serious health risks associated with using them and that instead of taking supplements off the shelf or buying them online, talk to your healthcare professional about any bodybuilding products and any ingredients that you have taken or planning to take, particularly if you're uncertain about the ingredients. And of course, talk to your health professional if you're experiencing any symptoms that are possibly associated with the products, especially nausea, weakness, fatigue, fever, abdominal pain, chest pain, shortness of breath, jaundice, yellowing of the skin, which is what jaundice is, or brown or discolored urine. Um, you, people who are taking these substances ought to know that immediately when they feel these um, symptoms that they're associated with, uh, with, the, with the supplements and stop. Um, in order to find out a little bit more about these products and what they are, I, maybe we can put up on our website uh, a, a really valuable list that was gathered by Vox, if you've heard of Vox, it's a news organization. Vox.com has listed sub supplements that uh, have hidden drugs in them, and oh, a lot of these. You put that in uh, the notes of the show. Yeah. yeah, a lot of these drugs are listed not as anabolic steroids, but as different things, and so they've compiled a really good list with uh, symbols for the different supplements. Some of the supplements are bodybuilding, and some, you know, have to do with anxiety, and some have to do with other. So if if you just put the symbol in um, on the Vox website, when you go, when you follow the link, it'll tell you which mm -hmm. products that you, you actually need to, to avoid. And some of these um, actually are cancer causing. That doesn't mean that they, they will affect everybody with cancer, but the danger in them is so great that um, you, you need to know what the names of these products are and what the, the sneaky name of the, the anabolic steroid is that's following, that's, that's in them. 
So um, that's one thing. Other than the testosterone boosters, there are other ingredients that people need to be aware of if they're going into uh, the supplements that they think are going to help their bodybuilding. One is L-glutamine. And that's been a staple part of bodybuilding for decades. Um, a lot of bodybuilders swear by it, but um, it, it's, uh, it, it's, a, it, it's an orally consumed glutamine, but it never makes it to your muscles at all. And it's, it instead uses energy by your intestines. So the percentage will vary, but um, into your intestines, it's about 65%, but it really doesn't, doesn't do a whole lot for, for bottle. Bottle building, body building. Well, you can do bottle building too. That's completely different. Yeah, bottle building. Yes, <laughs> that's the eight ounce curl. You know. <laughs> yeah, actually, about ten percent of your total protein intake is already made up of L-glutamine. So if you're consuming two hundred grams of protein a day, you're already taking in twenty grams of L-glutamine right there. And that doesn't mean that if some is good, more will more will be better. So it's best not to not to include that in your intake. L-arginine, which is a nitric oxide booster, that's a Another one um, that uh, is, is based off of different forms of amino acids, but um, it's a good it's a good one for the dishonest supplement companies since it's dirt cheap ingredient and it can be easily added to pre workout formulas. But as a consumer, there's zero research showing any positive relationship between L-arginine supplementation and increase in nitric oxide or muscular. Performance. Yeah, the nitrous, None. O- nitrous oxide is what they call the NO, which gives you that pump. You know, when you have that, you have uh, your, your your veins kind of dilate a bit and gives you that big pumped up look. Yeah. Um, so, but it, it doesn't it doesn't work. So right there, you're a victim of marketing, which is what the the um, the, the market the supplement companies want want you to be a, a victim of marketing uh, weight gainers uh, there's nothing inherently wrong with consuming a weight gain powder in controlled amounts just keep in mind that all they really are is a basic mix of whey protein and simple sugar and a far more nutritious and better tasting option is to pur- purchase whey protein powder on its own and then blend in your own carbs and healthy fats if you if you want to do that but oatmeal fruit natural nut butters and healthy oils are all great options uh, options to that um advanced forms of creatinine i'm never done um yeah cretin there we go thank you That's the most widely researched and most result-producing muscle-building compound in existence. It's been widely used by bodybuilders and athletes since about the mid-90s, and it's commonly sold in the form of creatine. Yeah, creatine. creatine. Okay. Mo- monohydrate? Yep. Okay. Oh, good. I (laughs) finally got one I can pronounce. Whoopee. Um, Over the last decade, companies have been releasing new breakthrough forms of creatine that are supposedly more effective than the original form. But um, it, uh, it, don't let the marketing hype fool you. Not a single study has ever been performed that has shown any of these advanced form of creatine to deliver any benefits above and beyond the monohydrate form. Um, then there are other dishonorable mentions, uh, HMB, methoxy, 
hardly any of them are pronounceable, but very readable. If you can't if you can't read it and pronounce it, don't take it. <laughs> it's basically it. Waxy maize, chromium, picoliate, D ribose, uh, low quality protein bars, growth hormone boosters, and DHEA. So wrapping it all up, if you want to save a good chunk of money and divert it to things that'll actually benefit your bodybuilding program and your life, um, people who in the know, the FDA and I think uh, Health Canada to recommend that you steer clear of these supplements as they're likely doing nothing more than thinning out your wallet. So um, we'll put a- I can uh, that. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll put that Vox um, yeah, on absolutely. for everybody. And then there's a really, there's another really good one that, that wraps this up. Consumer Reports lists 15 supplement ingredients to always avoid. And we'll put the link on for that. There's no need to have to go through all okay. 15, uh, but we'll put that on our website. And hopefully people are taking supplements will take a more science-based approach, do a good diet, good exercise, and talk to their health professionals before they jeopardize their health and empty their wallet on supplements that will do more harm than good. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Nancy. And uh, this is uh, kind of wow. shows the need to be skeptical in mm-hmm. all parts of life, right? For example, uh, I mean, I'm always in the gym. You guys know that. Uh, but you hear stuff like, uh, and I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, having personal trainers is a bad thing. You know, it's a good thing. But you also have to be skeptical of your own personal trainer. For example, I was watching a personal trainer um, that was having this uh, female uh customer and of course she, she's just been through her workout and she's pumped right she's yeah. really pumped and they took measurements right of this woman so of course all her muscles are pumped they're a bit i mean yeah. even i if i do an arm day i do a good arm day i'll gain half an inch almost three quarters of an inch on my arm and this is only for a, for a couple hours and then oh, it wow. goes back to normal and that's that that pump they call right so they take measurements on her and then when she comes back the next day for her next session they measure her again but now but she's back to normal I said, oh, my God, you've lost <laughs> half an inch on your waist. Good for you. You know, it, it's used oh as, a, as a selling tool, right? So always be, there's nothing wrong with a good personal trainer. Just be very skeptical of what you do, even in any aspect, even when it comes to health and training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, not being as acquainted with this as you are, when you have a trainer, should you, should you sit down with that trainer and say, what supplements do you recommend? Absolutely. What, you know, what training, so that you get an idea of where they're coming from. And if they're, do they, do the trainers sell these supplements themselves so they make money on it? It depends on the outfit, if you get a, like an independent personal, but if you get a, you go into a, to a, a brand name gym, and yeah. they have their own personal trainers, it's part of their job to upsell as well, right? Yeah. Always never be, I mean, I should say, never be afraid to ask questions and challenge what they're saying, you know. What mm-hmm. do you think about such and such research? What do you think about this and this? And their answer, if you don't find the answer doesn't ring a bell to you or something like that, look it up. There's nothing wrong with yeah. that. Yeah, that works. All right. So, anyway, moving on. I, I nominate Nancy for... Uh, Personal trainer? No. Uh, <laughs> because of all the big words she's using and, and, and the fact that she's so smart, I think she should be our planetary, uh, she should apply to NASA now. And Well, you have American <laughs> if citizenship, If I was a nine-year-old boy, I would. Yeah, but... uh, pl- planetary protection officer. <laughs> I, I think she fits the bill. 
<laughs> you know, nobody's going to know what the hell you're talking about except the five of us here. So. That's right. Once you explain it's it now to the audience. It's all over the news. Well, I didn't know about it. People are not necessarily watching the news. You might as well explain oh. now. You just... Oh, well. So NASA has apparently opened up a new job, and I, I think Nancy fits the bill. This job I don't is, know. My is, competition is pretty fierce. So this job has something story. to do with, with protecting the planet from returning spacecraft against uh, microorganism infestation. Now, I'm thinking, I, I haven't read into it too far, but I'm thinking what they mean is microorganisms that we accidentally sent on the spacecraft and they come back changed because oh, of the radioactive nice. environment, right? So this this guy... The mutant Ninja this, Turtles this, have returned. Yeah, this person's <laughs> job is going to be to come up with plans and, and make sure that, that things are, are operating properly. What a title, though. Nancy, you fit the bill. I know, but now, now say who, who my competition is. Well, a nine-year-old in the States <laughs> applied for the job and uh, told them of his extensive... Uh, he wrote to NASA and, and told them of his extensive experience with video games and, and the movies he's watched. <laughs> NASA actually replied. The directors from NASA actually replied to the, to the child with a, with a very, very nice form letter, and then they called him after to thank him for his application. Which I think is really cool because it promotes, you know, maybe this kid it will does. get interested in science and get interested mm -hmm. in, in space and, and, you know, get out there and actually do something with his life. Okay. And, but for him, I'm not going to apply. I think that's the best oh, applicant. But that's I think it'd be awesome possible. as a job, Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like right. men in black, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, now that you steer the show completely in the ditch... <laughs> Hey, I like that one. That's good. <laughs> Can we get back to the schedule here? <laughs> what we're supposed to be doing? <laughs> that's our new... Oreo cookies. Yeah, that, that, that's our new segment, Dead in the Ditch with Scott. <laughs> Oreo cookies. <laughs> Let's do the things that make you go, hmm. Uh-oh. Did you guys hear about this uh, story that uh, surfaced claiming that the first American attempt to make genetically modified viable human embryos was a success? I've yes, I read it, about I that. I, I read, read about the article. That. At the time, details were sparse. CRISPR, which is a groundbreaking gene editing technique, was employed, and the embryos were terminated after a few days. Now, the most tantalizing missing detail revolved around the type of editing that took place. Supposedly, the team and was led by researchers at the Oregon Health and Science University in Portland, edited out a series of genes linked to an inheritable disease. At the time, the disease in question wasn't revealed, but now we know that it's been, uh, the disease in question is a type of heart condition called hypertrophic cardio cardiomyopathy. Whoa. Fantastic. What is that? It's it's a, it's often a, it's a disease that often kills otherwise perfectly healthy people. It's just like your heart decides to just give yep. up all of a sudden. And there's no warning, really. And you wouldn't probably be able to tell you had it until you're dead. Yeah. It's often symptomless until death. Suddenly visits the individual, and which makes, makes it particularly dangerous to leave un, undiagnosed, mm -hmm. right? So the disease's main effect is to thicken the muscular wall, the myocardium, to a point where it becomes stiff. Although with treatment, most people can live ordinary lives. Uh, and it's a surprisingly common condition that can lead people uh, getting anything from an irregular heartbeat to experiencing sudden cardiac arrest. Wow, that's scary. Yeah. So, so they um, edited these genes out of the embryos. Yeah. That's right. So although this is, uh, this is at least the second attempt in the world to modify genetically viable human embryos using CRISPR, this study represents the first successful attempt to remove a disease in vivo. Huh. Very 
cool but scary at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's of course these uh, people right away are are, are just going to be a moral debate about this. Oh, obviously. totally. I mean, obviously the people involved in the study. In, in, in the experimentation are being ethical because they were looking at a disease. Can we stop this disease in its tracks? But yeah, where where do you stop? Do we want, what do they call that? Babies. Do we want to... Uh, designer babies? Designer babies. Designer babies. Well, I think there's a difference between removing a disease and starting to choose, make sure your baby's got blue eyes. There's a difference. Right? Is there? I think so. Well, one is going to affect the long-term health of a kid. Right, but we we have a guy who took people who were getting a medicine that was perfectly cheap that they needed to live on and raised the price 7,000% just because. So is it really that far out to say, I want designer babies? This is a distinction between... Oh, I I definitely think that it's a... That, if left unchecked, would be an end result. scary. But I think there's enough, um, like... People are enough aware of that end road that it can be closely watched and guided in a good direction. Yeah, I'm trying to think of instances where scientific research has led to the discussion of the slippery slope, and people are always afraid of the slippery slope. And I can't think of any, and maybe you can, but I can't think of any examples offhand where something that required ethics and and morality in in the decision-making suddenly, you know, Fell aside, and the sli- and people just slid down, and, and and unethical practices or designer babies were actually, you know, agreed upon as being, you know, the norm. Well, I, I think I, I think well, there are there are very ethical and scientific well, barriers there, to prevent that. I, I don't think there are because right now, if you have a genetic disease and a company, say in California, has studied that genetic disease and then thrown a patent on the gene they found. You cannot be treated unless you go through them because your gene that is faulty or flawed or the mistake is now patented by them and they own it. And you are not allowed to manipulate it in any way, shape, or form, even though it's killing you. Why are you pointing Christina? She's perfectly healthy. Well, I'm <laughs> yeah. just saying. Like, I'm, I'm using this. I wouldn't say perfectly healthy. I need healthy. visuals to think, right? <laughs> I have to be able to point at people. So, so they're already doing this in an unscrupulous way because it's your genetic material and yet... They patented it and they own it, even though you were alive before the patent. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm optimistic enough to think that if a company does, and, and I agree that that's certainly that's certainly happening, but that's what the courts are for, and I have a feeling that things like that will eventually be challenged and it'll straighten itself out. And this is, of course, assuming that we're now we're, we're talking a, an argument of science versus economics too, right? Mm-hmm. This is assuming that we'll always uh, human civilization is always going to stay in this unfeathered capitalism model, which I don't think is going to be the case. Eventually, I think we'll have to actually get out of it. But that's just my opinion. Mm, so, I mean, if, if, if the system always stayed like this, I, I could totally understand that slippery slope argument. But science for the science sake itself, that this is good news. Mm-hmm. This is actually good news. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you're right. And hey, now, wow. now comes <laughs> the question. I'm just, I'm just scared to death. That's all. I, I could see one notch on the slippery slope being what... When, like, what diseases do we cure? Because there are some things that are intrinsic to a person, like autism. People look at it and are like, well, that, it's like a horrible disease. But then also that is 
a defining characteristic of a person. And sometimes autistic people love who they are. And so, like, in that situation, would you edit that out of a person? And so I think yeah. stuff like that will Ooh, come in as well. Slippery slope. Yeah. Blue eyes. Well, that that leads to that leads to all kinds of interesting um, nuances. In that there's an autism spectrum, and there's there are are ways of detecting. I think, or or there will be ways of detecting, um, you know, the, the most severe forms of, of autism yeah. versus yeah. Aspergers, and yeah. then then the the, the so moral ethics do. will come in in terms of. Which, you know, at, at what point do, can you edit out or take out what the, the severe autism and leave in the Asperger's? So it's... Uh, but, but then you have to figure out where that line is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm also going to disagree with you guys what? because if you get somebody with autism, you say people love themselves. They learn to love themselves, obviously. They do. Yeah. But I don't think anybody out there would wish to actually have autism if they could actually have the magic wand and yeah. not have I'll give no. you I'll give you the nightmare scenario. What if they find the Trump gene? <laughs> And then they decide they decide that they want to edit people so that they vote for Trump. Just look for orange hair. I think that, I think what we have is a is a science fiction movie in the making here. Yeah. We just have to work a little bit on the script, and we've got it made right. Coming soon to Coming a soon. Media. <laughs> yeah. the making of Trump. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> All right, well, let's go to commercial, and we'll be right back with uh, Rhonda Tyson and. I'm a nurse, atheist nurse in Ghana. Stay with us. Interested in a particular topic? You ever wonder where we find all this information? The Common Sense Canadian is a forum for critical discussion of the key issues shaping our world today. Water, energy, food security, and how we manage our resources to the public benefit while preserving our environment. So go to commonsensecanadian.ca. It's uncommonly sensible. What is secular humanism? Critical thinking. Knowledge is freedom. Freedom from ignorance and its offspring, fear. The BC Humanist Association has been active in the Vancouver area for over 25 years. We offer a friendly and welcoming place to make new friends, as well as free educational lectures. We invite you to join us any Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Oak Ridge Senior Centre. Please visit our website for more details, bchumanist.ca. Nine million children die every year before they reach the age of five. Any god who would allow children by the millions to suffer and die in this way, either can do nothing to help them or doesn't care to. He is therefore either impotent or evil. But this to me is the, is the true horror of religion. It allows perfectly decent and sane people to believe by the billions what only lunatics could believe on their own. If you wake up tomorrow morning thinking that saying a few Latin words over your pancakes is gonna turn them into the body of Elvis Presley, you have lost your mind. But if you think more or less the same thing about a cracker and the body of Jesus, you're just a Catholic. Okay, joining us online is Rhonda Tyson, the wife of Dr. Randy Tyson from our old friend from the Legion of Reason. Rhonda, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, my pleasure. Uh, you know, uh, I've always asked, because our audience is going to want to know, is you are the, obviously the brains behind Randy, aren't you? 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Don't be humble. We, we've guessed it all along. Just fess up, girl. <laughs> Ron is not, uh, Randy's not here to defend himself. That's not fair. <laughs> well, that's why we're doing this. <laughs> that's why we're doing this. <laughs> Rhonda, you had a very interesting experience I want you to share with our audience. You are a nurse? I'm a nursing student. A nursing student. I used to have a good career, and then I got tired of having all that money, so I thought I'd go into nursing. Oh, geez. Could you send some of that money over here or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have it now. I'm in school. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you went to do some nurse training, I guess, overseas in another country. Yes, I was looking for a volunteer opportunity just because uh, uh, there's a long gap between when I last did my hospital time here at, in Calgary and when I next do it in September. And I thought, well, it would be good if I could go to some country where I could sort of brush up on my skills and uh, and maybe help them out at the same time. Hmm. So you ended up actually pretty far from home. You ended up in Ghana. Say what? Well, I had to... Explored some opportunities. There was a poster up at school that uh, said that they were looking for uh, students in Sri Lanka. And when I checked that out, they said, oh, actually, yeah, we could use nursing students here, but you're not allowed to do anything. All you can do is observe. And I thought, well, that's not what I want. So uh, I checked around with a, a different organization and they said, oh, yes, we have um, opportunities in Ghana where they don't have any laws around what you can and can't do. <laughs> and oh, I wow. thought, excellent. <laughs> You should get that Mr. Burns thing going on. Excellent. <laughs> oh, perfect. So describe to us and our audience, what was it like to be an atheist nurse in Ghana? Well, it didn't take long to... Uh, because religion is such a big thing in Ghana. I had no idea. I, I did all my homework online ahead of time. I, I looked it up to see what's their, uh, what's going on in Ghana right now. Are they a stable country? Are they a Christian country? What are they, right? And so I did all my homework, and I saw they're about 78 to 80% Christian. And, and I thought, oh, okay. So I made some assumptions that being a Christian country might be something like the United States or Canada. Mm-hmm. And um, right away, that's not the case. Like, it, it was much more like, because I grew up in Libya, so I'm, I'm very familiar with the, growing up in a Muslim culture and with a mosque that calls to prayer all the time and that sort of thing. And to go there, that was exactly what it was like. It was prayers and um, sermons over the radio, and over loudspeakers. You know how you might see the um, Google Maps car go by and they've got a million cameras on it as they're taking pictures everywhere they go or, or worse, the parking lot guys going by with all their cameras. <laughs> and uh, they, they have people, just regular Joes like you and me that would be driving around with all these loudspeakers blasting sermons and uh, and religious services and, and whatnot on their cars just because that's what they want to do. And, and everybody's car has got Jesus lives and pray for Jesus and all that stuff on it. And right away, like on my second day of volunteering, the nurse manager comes in and he said he said something that he'd he'd heard and he says, So what religion are you? Are you Christian? And I said no. And uh, he said, Oh, are you Muslim then? And I said, Well no and he's trying to stay away from the topic altogether. <laughs> and uh, he said, Well what are you then? So I thought, well, I'm just going to come out with it. I'm at the hospital. It should be okay. We are nurses. We should be able to be professional. And uh, I said, I'm an, I'm an atheist. Well, the word to them is so foreign, they don't even know the word atheist. 
how can you possibly be without God? Like when I explained A and theist and being, meaning without God, he wouldn't talk to me then for the rest of my time there. The power of Christ compels you! Wow. Wow. That's, uh, well, you think that religion is in your face in a country like in the U.S., but my God. Were you actively shunned when they, when, if you passed in the hallway or in, in social situations? I mean, were you totally cut out like you didn't exist or was that... Was that too extreme? By him, I was. Hmm. He's the only one that knew anyone else that... It, it never really came up with anyone else. I had one of the nurses that was uh, sort of sort of training me one day, and she was super friendly. And, and uh, every day at the hospital, there was a church service in the main foyer. And because the, it's so hot there, there's the, the walls, the windows are all open all the time. There's no air conditioning or anything. So anywhere in the hospital, you can hear the church service. And you can hear it's exactly like you see on TV with the uh, with the wild gestures and the the people screaming amen and the singing and the tambourines and <laughs> and so anyways uh, one one day when she was training me she asked me did I want to go to church with her and uh, I said oh uh, and she goes you are a Christian aren't you uh, and she goes come on let's go and I thought oh thank God I didn't have to actually answer that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I just went with her, and it was interesting to observe, and uh, it was good to go and, and see how they do things there. But I, I didn't want to tell her because she was being helpful in training me. I'm like unlike the nurse manager who instantly shunned me, instantly cut me off. That day when I told him, he left me standing there in the hallway the entire day. Like every time I tried to catch him, oh Henry, oh. Hey, oh, uh, you know, every time he walked by and he wouldn't even look at me. And so I thought, I'm not telling anybody else. Uh, Damn. Probably a smart move. Yeah. Holy jeez. I mean, uh, I, I, I always, I always, well, first of all, they, we know that in Africa, Christian missionaries have been pounding Bibles into the, the, the head of the populace for a long time now. But I also get the impression that in some of these countries, Ghana, Nigeria, some of these countries, uh, it's almost an industry. You know, the the uh, try to make yourself a uh, a louder priest than the other one, so you can build a congregation, so you can have people donating money. I mean, you see these stories coming out of Africa on a regular basis. Was that your experience? Is that something you saw over there? It was just everywhere, and everybody seemed to think that they were authorized to be some sort of preacher. We'd go. Uh, my coordinator would take me to places, and there'd be people preaching to us on on their sort of version of a bus. There'd be people preaching to us in in the stores and in the malls and on the streets, and uh, it was it was astounding. When I first got there, too, the house that I, I stayed with the host family, and the uh, coordinator and I had had a good conversation before I even got there, and she'd asked me the same questions: "Are you a Christian?" I said, "No." And, and well, she goes, what do you believe in? She was just absolutely gobsmacked that there was such a thing. Like, how could you not believe in a God? <laughs> and so anyway, she warned me that the host family, that the father was a pastor at a Presbyterian church. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Where can you pick him? <laughs> and I'm, I'm like Randy. I'm not going to burst into flames at the, <laughs> the very thought. <laughs> I said, oh, it's okay. You know, I can be totally respectful, and I won't go to church with anybody, but uh, I can be totally respectful. Well, right away from the minute I got there, the pastor's wife had to ask me, are you Christian? And, well, what are you then? Well, and she also had never heard the word atheist. And 
And uh, it was just astounding how much pressure there was. Had you ever been to church? Have you even heard of the Bible? Have you gone to Sunday school? And and then the next day when her husband was home, it started all over again. And I thought, I'm going to have to jump off a bridge before I go home. So the people were more astounded than they were hostile. To yes, you. they were. Yeah. yeah. So you didn't experience in any any hostility. It was just bewilderment that you could actually exist on this earth without believing in God. Yes. Yeah. So so the the the, the, uh, the Christians over there kind of see you maybe as a, a pet project, their own little mission to convert you to Christianity at that point? I'm sure of it. The pastor's son, he was 29 years old, he came to my bedroom door one night, and I heard the knock on the door, and I assumed it was the wife. The, the pastor's wife and, and so I opened the door and much to my surprise there's the pastor's son and so we were talking but of course you can't leave doors open there because of the mosquitoes you have to close the door and so he asked if he could come in and I thought this is strange because where I come from men don't go into women's bedrooms but you know maybe he's a pastor's son so he's probably just doing his friendly thing and well, welcome that to was the your clock. first mistake <laughs> yeah, it was my first mistake because now he's in my room and now he's doing the exact same thing. Well, I hear you don't believe in God. And I thought, oh, kill me now. <laughs> and, well, why don't you believe in God? And have you heard of the Bible? Have you? And I, I told him, yes, you know, I've heard of the Bible. I've been to church. I was baptized at one time in my life. I've been to church lots of times, Sunday school. I know of the Bible. I know... Uh, it's not that I don't know any better. I know very well. And I said, look, I don't come here and, and try to push my beliefs on you so because that would be offensive, right? And, <laughs> and he didn't get the hint. He just plowed on. You know, that, I, I think, you know, had I been in that situation, I think I would have just would have went with it. Who? Who is this? Jeebus? What, uh, what do you call that? <laughs> I just would have just completely went with it like I'm some alien from outer space who's never heard of Jesus, right? <laughs> Because then you can ask all the atheist questions <laughs> and see them squirm. Yeah, but then you know you're in you're in the host country and you're a guest, so it's, it, you don't know how far you can go. Well, I didn't say be. be no, no, I'm I'm just saying you know you're in a it, it's a you're you're in a in a strange not a strange but you're you're in an uncomfortable yeah. situation and you don't want to make it worse. I just know I would have paid a hundred bucks to see Randy there with me in that room. <laughs> he would have burst into flames. Oh, I would I, I would pay. I I don't know X amount of money to see that happen. Well, now that you're done Ghana, you can come to Abbotsford because there's really very little difference and you've already had the practice. So you and Randy, come on, we'll welcome you. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. All right. So, 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 okay. So he's done trying to preach to you. At some point you realize he's not even listening to you. He's just doing his spiel essentially. And, and, and then what? And it took two hours. Oh, to oh my goodness. To, to get him out of the room and uh, to convince him that I am as firm in my belief as he is in his and trying to do it tactfully, right? And not endanger myself because you never know. That's one topic that people get excited about, right? Yes. So you don't really want to piss him off or anything. So how did he treat you for the rest of the visit? He was actually good to me for the rest of the visit, but he came to my room one, uh, several times after that, and I thought, oh, here we go again. He's going to start again. And you know, he left it alone, but he was in my room way too often, and he still phones me. Oh, and I really? Think I, oh, to, no. So to, your, so to your question, I think 
I honestly think that he sees me as a pet project, as somebody that he could save yeah, from exactly. myself. Well, at least at least we know that when they do something like that, it's not out of malice. They're they're actually genuinely concerned. I mean, they're completely wrong in her thinking, but they're actually genuinely concerned about her, about Rhonda in this case, right? So yeah, that's at least true. There's, there's, there's no evil thoughts behind it. He's not trying to scam you. He's just trying to bring you to the loving fold of Jeebus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So so now now you've got the you've had the son and the, the and the wife. Uh, did you actually have to go through the rest of the family too? <laughs> How many preachers do they have in this family? <laughs> well, just because the son was a Sunday school teacher too, so I guess oh. that's why he took it upon himself. But uh, but I went through the whole th- the schmas with the uh, with the pastor too. Oh, bring out the big guns, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and how did that oh, go? That had to be painful. <laughs> oh, by by the time I came back, I thought if I hear one more time about, oh, have you heard about the Lord? And oh. <laughs> I was thinking I can really identify even more with Randy now because. <laughs> If I just had a, a gun in my in my bag, I might have, I don't know, I'd kill myself or just fire one through the roof to get some attention. I don't know. <laughs> you know, what? one line I personally use when I get a, a, a Christian who's very insistent like that, I said, you know, you guys are offering me salvation, but the Indonesian pygmy god Tikikana offers me salvation and a pig. Can you guys talk that? <laughs> no, make it a bargain thing. Make it a selling thing, right? And all of course, of course, you just lose completely at that point, right? Okay, so so the the big pastor comes in, and, and then how was the rest of your um, your stay? How long did you stay there, by the way? I was there two weeks. Two weeks. Okay, yeah. so it, was this like day three or day four? They were just going at it one one a day. They were going to try to convince the atheists to become a Christian. Right from the first minute, oh, like as wow. soon as as soon as the coordinator dropped me off and left, boom, it started. <laughs> Did you have the phone number for that coordinator? <laughs> oh, she's here in Canada now. Actually, she's attending uh, University of Brandon. Really? <laughs> okay, so so how did the rest of your two weeks trip there, or how do I call this, uh, her studies in Ghana? How did that go? The rest of it went all right. It, there was religion around me all the time. Like I said, there was blasting on the radios and and uh, and whatnot. No one at work except that nurse manager, I think, knew. Oh, actually, on my second last day, the nurses there were asking me, so what church do you go to? And I said, I don't. <laughs> and by that time, I'd made friends with them on the ward that I was working on. And they said, what do you mean? They they had to pick their jaws up off the desk, right? What? What do you mean you don't go to church? And I said, I don't go to church. Well, don't you believe in God? No, I don't believe in God. Well, what do you believe in then? And I said, I believe in love and kindness and being good to each other and doing the right thing. But I don't believe in a God. That's a fine answer. And after, so some patient came in, was admitted, so we got busy. And then as soon as she had a moment, one of the nurses came over to me and she grabs me by the arms and she's like, you have to tell me how... How could you not believe? <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, and did you have to tell her? What did you What did you answer that question? I, I said, well, I, I can think of lots of reasons. And I said, I don't want to offend you. I said, you're strong in your belief, and that's that's good for you. I said, I don't, I don't want to offend you with all the, the things that I see as evidence for why there there's nothing to believe. Well, not that you can prove nothing, right? But yeah. lots of reasons to believe, to, to not believe. And, uh, and then we got busy again, so thankfully the 
topic got dropped and then the end of the day came and it didn't come back up again. So I was like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> are there, wow. are, I'm, I'm really ignorant about this, Rhonda. Are there any a- active atheist groups at all? Is there anything oppressive in, in Ghana about being an atheist at all? It sounds as though you, the people were very friendly and, and you know, didn't attempt to... Um, they weren't you know, violent, right? Yeah. So what, what, what is the climate generally in the, in the country toward atheists or people who aren't Christian? Well, they didn't frighten me too much. And I think it's partly because they just saw me as some weird foreigner, because as it was, a lot of them had never even seen a white person before, let alone a white woman wearing pants, because women don't wear pants in Ghana. So the, everything about me was just weird. So maybe they... So you, <laughs> maybe you, you just, just, yeah, you, you, were total, you were just a total bewilderment to everybody, yeah, so they just, just took that as part of your persona. <laughs> yes. But then um, one night, so when I, in my first couple of days, and I was having such a hard time feeling, especially with the discrimination that I had faced from the um, nurse manager Mm. and one of the professors that I have here in Calgary she is from Ghana and she was going to be in Ghana at the same time as I was but it turned out we were in different cities and she said I emailed her and I'd asked her uh, did she have some ideas is there you know some little magic ways that kind of loosen people up over here like am I doing something wrong because culturally I think I'm doing all the right things, but maybe in their culture, I'm just coming across as a big schmuck, right? And she said uh, she had a friend of hers in the same city I was in, in Kumasi, who would be very happy to help me out, so she, I should connect with him. So I did, and like drinking over there is considered to be taboo, because if you are truly Christian, you do not poison your body with, with any of those those things. You don't smoke, you don't drink, you don't... And, but it's funny, I sure saw a lot of bars around for something that was so taboo. But anyways, so this, this guy and I, we connected by email, and he came to pick me up, and he brought a friend with him, and I, and I instantly thought, uh-oh, <laughs> I'm getting into a car with two strange men after confessing to my professor that I was an atheist. Houston, we have a problem. Maybe this wasn't such a good idea, but they uh, they picked me up and they took me to a bar and they bought me a beer and I was like, oh my goodness, this is so nice. <laughs> and uh, the one guy he he was talking about atheism in Ghana, saying that that it was so unusual that if somebody was an atheist, it would be a very very bad idea for them to actually say those words to anybody. He said they don't know what to think of someone who is enlightened like you. And I thought, and he does go to church in that. And I thought, oh, by by the use of the word enlightened, it made me think that he's an atheist too. He just does not dare say that. Yeah, he's in the closet. He's in the closet, yeah. So the fact that you were a stranger and a bit of a novelty and they didn't really know what to think about you kind of kept you safe in that sense. Yes, I think so. I think so, because it it sure seemed to me that... uh, after what he had said, that if you were a Ghanaian, you would not dare uh, confess that you didn't believe in all of this. They were probably glad. They knew in two weeks they were going to get rid of you, so you were no, you were no, you couldn't convert enough people to atheism in, in two weeks. So I guess you that that amount of time you were okay as well. I, yeah, they might have they might have seen me as more dangerous if I was going to be there longer. Can you can you describe Ghana? I mean, we all have an idea of Ghana. We think of it as a, a third world country, but I mean, how bad really is it down there? It's definitely a third world country. They they have if you've been to Mexico, there's places that look a lot like that with the slums, with the 
uh, just old sheds with whatever stuff they could find to cobble together to sort of create four walls and a roof and, and garbage everywhere in every little bush beside the road and traffic everywhere just chaos and and pollution and filth and and I, I don't mean to diss the country some of the people were super friendly and took you know really good care of me but uh i was quite astounded to see uh how poor the, pe- the people actually were and the the roadside stalls like they do have a couple of grocery stores but uh, but for the most part, people buy at roadside stalls, and and uh, one day at the the fridge at the host family's uh, house had stopped working, and it had stopped working about six weeks before, and so we never had cold food. It was always hot food, and it's already hotter than Hades in there. And here we're eating hot food all the time. <laughs> but. Um, what were the conditions like in the hospital medically? Yeah, what kind of what were the what what kind of care were were the patients able to get? It was amazing that people survived the hospital. Oh, <laughs> it's, it was amazing. In in my opinion, what the hell's with all my things? I'm just gonna. All right. <laughs> and um, again, I'll go back to Nancy's uh, comment that uh, you know if you come to Abbotsford. Apparently, surviving the hospital here is 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 a bit of a wonder too. So, <laughs> well, there there was there most of the rooms in the hospital had no running water, so the wow. ward that I worked on had no running water. Oh, how, how do you keep things so, clean without running water? They don't. You you don't no, and so all of the equipment looked like it had gotten thrown out after the First World War. It was just absolutely substandard and and. Uh, it, it was just dreadful. Their idea of mopping the floor, so there was no, it, was, it wasn't easy for people to get, patients to get to the washroom or anything, so they'd keep a bucket under their bed, and then if they needed to, to urinate, they'd get off the bed, and they'd urinate right there beside the bed into the bucket, and if people didn't have family to come and clean out the bucket for them, then later on when they had to throw up, they threw up in the same bucket. Oh. <laughs> Uh, and the, the ceilings were so water damaged that there was paint peeling off the ceilings and, and chunks of wood and mold falling out of the ceilings over top of the patient beds. Oh, it was geez. it was just astounding that anyone survives the hospital. And so one time I saw somebody trying to wash the floors, and there so the floors have everything on them: uh, urine, blood, bugs, you name it, and. What they do is they take like a, a pop bottle full of a little bit of soapy water and they just kind of splash it all around the floor and then use this this mop to just kind of s- smudge it around. <laughs> but then they they'd leave needles, use needles and stuff on the floor. They'd throw it in the garbage, not a sharps container, in the garbage. And, and they'd miss because the garbage is overflowing full and then it would be on the floor and I almost wiped out on one so from then on I was I had gloves on and I was picking them up and putting them in the right container and they even the patients would be looking at me like ew you picked something up off the floor and I was and even the nurses gave me hell for that and I said yeah but you guys are walking around here in flip-flops you don't need some used needle piercing your heel or something this stuff needs to get off the floor Wow. But that's, that, that they, that's accepted as normal there, I oh. guess. Oh, totally normal, yeah. And uh, then, so because of the lack of refrigeration in the house, one day the, the pastor's wife had given me some watermelon after work, and even though it was warm, 
it was it was so good because I was so hot and it just it was so nice to have some watermelon. And uh, the next day when we were out and about, uh, she was a recipient of those uh, those Christmas child boxes. You know those shoe boxes that yep. uh, you can fill up at Christmas time and mm-hmm. ship away. Yep. To, to third world countries she was a recipient of about a thousand of those so that was exciting to go to her warehouse and he, she and her church group were going to be distributing those boxes so they were having a meeting oh, and so crazy. i got to see all these boxes on the receiving end which was cool but anyways on the way back to the house she said you like that watermelon yesterday let's get some more so we stopped at a roadside stand and it's it's sold already cut, which makes sense because you don't have a fridge that works, but it's covered in flies. Yeah. And so it's not much surprise when I came home from Ghana to discover I had worms. Oh. Easily treated or? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought. I well, thought it's I an, just it's an, exper- it's an experience. <laughs> I would imagine that you left, you know, with, with a brave spirit, and you came back knowledgeable and and even braver than you thought you were capable <laughs> of. So, you know, I'm I'm glad you went. I'm glad you sound like the kind of person who makes the most of any experience that that you have. And uh, we we appreciate, you know, hearing, uh, you know, how how things are when mm-hmm. we're we're so. Uh, this is normal to us. And yeah, it's, yeah, it, we're, we're extremely yeah. privileged compared to places. Yeah. Which you would I'm think, glad. if they're so Christian, you'd think Jesus yeah. would come down and help them a bit. I, I'm glad you just survived the trip so you could tell the tale. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Me too. Well, it was interesting on the very last day, and the, the pastor's wife was making one last pitch for, why don't you believe, and help me understand, and and uh, and I said, I don't want to offend you with my thoughts and whatnot, and she said, no, no, I won't be offended, I'm just really curious, I'd really like to know, and, and, uh, and I asked her some questions, like, if there really is a God, then how is it that... Say people in first world countries that there are first world countries and that there are third world countries like Ghana. Why is it that you know you have much more Christianity, much more faithful people here than say where I come from? Why is it that where I come from is much better off than than here? And she says, oh, it's just because we are like children. Where you come from, you're the older child, and and here in Ghana we're the younger child. You know, and so we we're still developing. And I thought, no, no, Ghana's got way more history than Canada does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I didn't say that. (laughs) Oh, wow. So she, and oh, and another thing was, uh, I said that I believed that Christianity, well, not just Christianity, but any religion was the single number one reason why women are not equal to men. Because men in the Bible, for example, were, you know, the bigger, more powerful, therefore they had dominion over everything. And uh, I said, that just does not fit with my my beliefs, my values. And she said that she agreed with, with that and that it makes God sad because it wasn't supposed to be like that. And I thought, but <laughs> you're, you're contradicting yourself. <laughs> it makes God sad, but he won't do anything to change it. No. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, I know you had a very short stay, two weeks, although it must have been a (laughs) hell of a two-week. But did you ever get a glimpse into the politics of the region? No. No, I didn't. Apparently, there was a a king in the region. So I was in Kumasi, which is in the center of Ghana. And apparently, there's an Ashtani king that lives in the region, actually not that far away from where I was staying. But I didn't hear anything at all all i heard was religion 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 and and it was interesting when i was talking with with nurses or my coordinator about stuff about canada and 
and I talk about Trump or or the weather, and they had not a clue, not a clue. And I told them I grew up in Libya. Where's that? Oh my goodness, it's two countries away. Why don't you know where that is? (laughs) It was it was really interesting how different their knowledge base was. Yeah, this this is the fruit of so much investment from the, the Christian church into Africa. They know they're losing the battle here in North America, and what would you would consider the first world. So they're heavily, heavily investing in the third in the third world so they can stay relevant somehow. Are, are the schools pub, public schools, or are they run by the churches? I or did you have a chance to find out? I, I don't know. I never, uh, never came across any... Mm. Because I just wonder, since they were they, they were so um, they weren't knowledgeable about the world, I just wondered whether or not the schools were also religiously. Based. Well, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, look at the Americans right across the border; they don't know much outside of America. I mean, their, their education is very centric to the states, right? So maybe Ghana's yeah. got something similar to that. Did you happen to stumble upon some of the younger generations, the kids? Yes, I did. I would see them in the streets, and and uh, the coordinator had warned me that that. A lot of them would never have seen a white person before. And there's a word for white person. It's not meant to be offensive. It's just a matter of fact. It's white person. And it's uh, Obuni. And so she okay. said to be prepared for to hear kids say that word. And everybody said that word. And it got me thinking, hmm, maybe there's some offense intended. <laughs> but... Um, and so I'd be driving by in, in the taxi, and, and I'd see kids just astounded with eyes wide open, and then somebody else would be yelling, Oh, Bruni, oh, Bruni, oh, Bruni. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd wave at them, and they'd be just so, oh, wow, she waved at me, too. <laughs> Did you do the royal wave? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rhonda, well, we're glad you're back. Uh, quick uh, question, would you do it again? I would not do it again, but that said, I'm not sorry I went. I am glad I went. I I went for a nursing experience, and I was hoping to be more helpful there. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get quite as much nursing experience. I did get time in surgery, which which was fantastic. I really wanted that. And uh, I, so I did get some nursing experience, and and I got a whole bunch of other experience. (laughs) And I'm, I'm still glad that I went. Wow, and uh, and you guess you're keeping tab or you're keeping in touch with some of the uh, people trying to convert you, I guess, <laughs> still. Uh, I don't even know what to say to them anymore. So why are you contacting me? Like, you're very nice and stuff, but then again, is it that nice to cram your views down someone else's throat day after day after day? Are they doing this via email? They're, they're phoning me. Oh, they're phoning you. Because if they're doing <laughs> this by email, just just pass it over to Randy. He could just pretend to be you, and he's just going to go to town on them. <laughs> yeah, but I think, you know, I, Kevin, I think it's, it's what you were saying before. That's their culture. They're Did doing you, it yeah. because they feel as though they're doing her a, a kindness and saving her and opening up her eyes to all the revelations yeah. in the Bible. Exactly. And it's it's difficult since she's the first one. It might be easier it might be easier for the second atheist, whoever goes over there. Who knows? Yeah, I, I, and you know... Or worse. Rhonda was making fun. <laughs> friends with some of the staff yeah. so had she managed to stay a bit longer and then they discovered it's hard it's hard to badmouth an atheist when you actually know him as a good person right yeah and so yeah. Rhonda had already so even if somebody's bashing atheists now they're probably still talking about you over there yeah. <laughs> remember, remember that old Bruni person oh yeah she didn't <laughs> believe in God at all oh you are the stuff that legends are made exactly. of at this point <laughs> 
Well, they're probably confused, right? Because how could she possibly not believe in God but otherwise seem like a good person? Because she came over here to help. See, they're going to start a rumor. That's what happens. You turn white when you don't believe in God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what they'll tell the kids, right? (laughs) Better believe in Jesus or you'll turn white. (laughs) Bad times are upon you. Oh, Rhonda, thank you so much for your time and thank you for your story. I sure sure hope it it helps a lot of people out there and... uh, uh, goodness gracious! Well, what else can you say? I mean, what? you're a tough I, I cookie. Tough. <laughs> Sorry, you're a tough cookie. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, let us know your next adventure. You've always got a spot uh, on the on our podcast with us anytime. Yeah. I almost want to go to oh. Ghana now just to try it. <laughs> he wants to get uh, worms. No, not the watermelon. I'm not. I love watermelon, but I won't. I'll stop there. Yeah, yeah, well, and and everything, all the food comes from the local market. So whether you're buying. Uh, pineapple or watermelon or meat or fish or rice everything has already been shit on by umpteen million flies all right so was, well let's go to the next country next door yeah. the, the only i was thing texting you... my daughter from over there and i said i just want to come home and eat something that hasn't been shit on <laughs> <laughs> the only thing you can do is cook the heck out of it yeah yeah i guess so yeah and even then uh, Even then, you know, sterile shit is still shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well. it was good tasting food, though. I mean, she was an amazing cook. It was, it was good food. <laughs> Just full of shit. It's a, it's a no flavor. I couldn't quite put my nose, my finger on. That's the worm. <laughs> Rhonda, thank you so much for your time. But before I let you go, can I get you to say hi? I'm Rhonda Tyson, and I took a left at the valley. <laughs> hi, I'm Rhonda Tyson, and I took a left at the valley. And that was Rhonda Tyson. What is a story, she, huh? Is she an angel or what? Oh, she's cool. <laughs> part, part of me so wanted to be there instead of her, but then uh, I'm thinking of the watermelons and the bugs, and I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, no, man. no yeah, and worms. Have, you know, actually, we very seldom have anybody as a guest that tells their personal experiences uh, that way. So we, that. we should have more. She's yeah, but she's we, really something. We could I, do a show with yeah. you forever. And you'd be <laughs> telling well, us about you've the been time. around forever. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes yeah. you build the pyramids and <laughs> patch a hole in the Great Wall. And <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, food for thought for sure uh, yeah. about this woman. And, uh, you know, and I, I find it amazing to, to know that she's still being called today. And some people yeah. from God oh, are making that, her a little pet kinda, project. Kind of cool. <laughs> I guess so. I, I mean, I don't know. Would you go, Kevin? Would you Would well, you spend two weeks at a at a country like Ghana? If not Ghana, would you Would you well, go? Well, the the poverty does not disturb me too much, or the fact that they're the Christians. The, the heat would just kill me right there. Oh, okay. I could and, not tolerate the heat. And eating if, the food and getting worms. I, yeah, I don't know. It's just something <laughs> about be that a bit that of just, an issue too. But uh, but if it were, if it wasn't for that, I would totally try that experience. Yeah. And of course, I'd be way more aggressive than she is. <laughs> oh, you don't know where an atheist is? Come down here, boy. Let me tell you a story. <laughs> no, I think she, she handled it well. Absolutely. So thank you so much for her and uh, her excellent husband as well, Randy. Absolutely. It's always great to hear from them. Thank you so much, guys, for being with us on the show. And uh, you can always follow us at lefttothevalue.com. Follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, at LETV Podcast. And uh, you can send us an email at leftadvalley at outlook.com. Give us a five-star review on iTunes. We'd appreciate that. It helps other people find the show. Coming up next week, we'll have Marissa. We'll be talking about transgender people. So excited. After that, we'll have Karen Garst, the author, talking about women in atheism and how they got out. 
And we'll also have our friend, uh, Del Ruiz friend, Veronica Drance. We'll be talking about uh, uh, assigning gender at the birth. And in September, we'll have our old friend Jonathan Baker is coming back to talk about the Paris Accord. And after that, of course, we just said Del Rey, old friend Del Rey, recovering from religion, will be coming with us to join us. On the 16th, we'll be talking to Michael Sparks about how Canadians felt about the whole Bernie Sanders incident. Oh, wow. That would be very interesting. And of course, we'll cap up the end of the month on the 23rd with our old friend Arn Raw will return. Yeah. Awesome. Can't wait for Arn. We have Arn. A, what a strong lineup we've got. And <laughs> we're not done. And of course, we'll have all, uh, at the end of the month the legendary Jerry Coyne to talk about evolution. Mm. So that's what we got so far. So we got a great couple of months. Yeah. So yeah, should stay tuned. Anything else we need to say? No. Read Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give it up with Harry Potter. Watch and, Cosmos. Yes. <laughs> and uh, feel free to follow our friend uh, Tyler and Kevin on uh, So You Think You're a Skeptic on, on Facebook. I'll be live and I'll be joining them. And hopefully they don't ruin the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Until next time. Isn't real, but Jesus is or Zeus, Thor, or Mithra, Vishnu. You don't believe in them. I think the reason is apparent. You do what you're told and believe in the God assigned by your parents. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance, and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an Take a sec, don't mean to sound so hateful But I swear to God, pun intended I find it disgraceful That thousands of children are raped by priests And since they're holy men of God They get away scot-free And the Pope does his very best To keep it on the hush Don't wanna affect business He loves money too much We know that they love the kids But how the fuck can we protect them While they planning to molest them We teaching them to respect them Respect them Fuck that The system is broke Working backwards in the only action of tactic I plan to practice now is to attack them The parties of God's hands are bloodstained Millions of murders by believers And they're all in God's name And let me take a sec Don't mean to sound so hateful But I swear to God Unintended I find it disgraceful That many atheists are told to be quiet You're not alone Speak your mind Time to let it be known I'm proud to be an atheist A skeptic A non-believer And if Call it faith and unsubstantiated claims That's something to be ashamed